am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. Hope all is well with everybody, man. I'm back again with my guy, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What's going on, buddy? What is going on, my friend? You know, it's a it's another lovely Taco Tuesday as we record here on this beautiful evening, and uh, yeah. Now I just want some tacos. That's what taco I like to say. Tuesday. Taco it's Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. I always forget about Taco Tuesday, man. I end up eating on Wednesday. You know what? I get my I got my shit mixed up, man. I'm gonna ask you a taco question here, and um, and I found that this is actually kind of a, a cool like icebreaker if you're trying to approach women and have a conversation with them because. For those of you who don't know, I'm absolutely terrified when it comes to approaching women because mm. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. And so I saw this like little like, you know, uh, icebreaker and it got me thinking because as I was thinking about it, I was like, huh, that's a good question. And the question is, when you're eating a taco, do you tilt your head to the right or to the left when you take your 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 first bite of the taco? That's a great question. It's a great icebreaker, man. Right. Um, and as I'm reading the question, I'm actually like tilting my head as I'm eating a fake taco. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, no, to the right. Yep. To the right is how I tilt my head when I eat yeah. a taco. I would I would have to say I'm, I'm a righty as well, because, you know, I think it's probably uh, same with hand dominance. If you're a righty, you're going to go with your right. Right. You know, right. And, and <laughs> so that is. That is some, some dating advice for all of you single folks out there is to ask your potential significant other which way they tilt their head when they eat a taco. And if they say, I don't eat tacos, run, <laughs> run away. Or they could actually take that the other way of, of what, you know, the innuendo is of tacos are, right? I'm, I'm just playing. We'll move on because I think <laughs> his face is turning red. Never mind. We are moving on, man. But you know, <laughs> you know what, man? I got to air some grievances, baby. I need to do it. It's, it's, it's festering. It's building up inside of me. And, and you know, it's, it's starting to really piss me off. So I got some problems oh. with you people. And now you're going to hear about it, man. So Apple devices. I am an Apple phone user. I, I like my Apple phone. Okay. I, I, I know you are too. You're a big Apple guy. Yep. But I, I'm not a Mac guy when it comes to my, my laptops or my computers, man. I'm, I'm still on PC. And, and here's the thing, man. You try to make these things gel together, the shit just doesn't freaking work, man. Okay? The simplest of tasks, Apple and PC, man, and Windows. Get your shit together and figure this out, man, because all I want to do is freaking get my pictures off my phone without having an issue, man. It's always glitching. There's an error message saying phone disconnected. I'm like, I'm looking at the damn thing. It's connected. So how could it be disconnected? I'm, I'm, I'm at the point now, man, where, where I'm going to have to write a letter like this is where we're at. And, and I think uh, it's not going to be good, man. They might ban me after I, I send my letter. So, so what's going to happen is once you send this letter, depending on who you send it to, whether you send it to Apple or you send it to, you know, whatever PC company you have, um, you're, you're going to start just getting tracked even more so than you mm. already are. And they're just immediately going to decrease your battery life by 50% as like a big F you chouse. Probably. Oh man. That's what's going to happen. This pisses me off so much, man. I just want to do the simple tasks. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm a technical guy. I understand tech. I can, I can maneuver. We're in 2021, man. My phone should be already massaging things by now. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't even get my photos to come off. Christ. All right. So what you're saying is you want to get a massage, but something's not helping you come off is what you're, you're telling us right now. 
whoa, whoa. Did, did I go that far? I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was that was what, that's what I was, you know, picking up from what you were putting down. Yeah, maybe but back to the whole like <laughs> Apple, you know, PC conundrum here. Why don't you just make the full switch? Just go, go big or go it. home, go, go all Apple or nothing at all. Can't do it, man. I like the phone. I just, I don't like the computers, man. It doesn't, they don't work together properly. There's a reason for that because they want you to go all or nothing that you go big or you go home. I get it. I'm just going to rant and be pissed because you know what? I just, I want it my way. You know, is it that difficult? I want things my way. Like I'm not a difficult human being. Just give it to me my way and that's it. Okay. I want a pony, but we don't all get what we want. Do we chouse? We're moving on because I'm done with this crap and whatever. We do got a lot of things to talk about today, Mr. Rem. And I mean, the, the, surprisingly enough, man, we're getting closer to training camp and the, the headlines and the stories are just popping all over the headlines. So let's start with happy trails to Mr. Ted Ginn. He recently retired oh. last, uh, last week. I believe it was Friday. He announced his retirement from the NFL. I mean, he was what drafted by the dolphins in 2007 played for six teams, had two stints with the Carolina Panthers. What's his legacy? I mean, he's never really been, um, I don't, I don't want to say anything above and beyond. I mean, he, his career ended up being the punt returner and the deep threat, but I mean, his early days in Miami, I mean, I got a good glimpse of them because I mean, they played the bills twice a year. And I mean, his first like four year stretch or three year stretch in, in Miami was he was, he was starting to turn heads, man. He was making big plays. He always burned the bills for, for over one fifty, man. So I don't know. What's his legacy to you. I mean, as far as like a, a legacy is he was a, he was a solid, you know, wide receiver three for a team. He was never that guy that I saw as like the first or second option. I think if utilized properly, he could have been a lot more of that, that Curtis Samuel type or more that gadget player that could have run those, you know, those jet sweeps and those end arounds. But I just don't think the teams that he played with gave him that much of an opportunity. So I think that he could have been used a little bit better that way, especially where he was used as a returner. And that's where he was more dangerous than anywhere else, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, because, you know, when you look at his stats, like he was a guy that probably was going to average six to 700 receiving yards a game. He'd probably get you about four touchdowns. So yeah, absolutely a solid wide receiver three but nothing really materialized anything greater than that. You know, his days with the saints. I liked he, he, it was, it was like the saints were like, they're really the only team that knew how to utilize him properly, get him to go deep. He was the deep threat. You know, he was the explosive playmaker that the offense didn't really have where breeze picked him apart underneath short. Mm. And then they would just over the top, kill him with, with Ted Ginn. And I mean, he had some good years there. So, I mean, for me, I kind of want to remember Ted Ginn that way. I think, uh, I think that's probably the best. I mean, yeah, his punt return ability was very strong, but I mean, from that perspective, I think the saints days for me is how I'm going to remember Ted Ginn moving on. If I tell my grandkids, Hey, who was Ted Ginn? This was Ted Ginn. Yeah. Ted Ginn with the saints. And then, you know, his, uh, his couple of years that he had in Carolina with Cam Newton, you know, Cam mm. really helped bring out the best in Ginn, I think personally, uh, you know, as they were making that Super Bowl run. So that was definitely, you know, kind of the, the, the highlights of his, of his career were actually towards the back end of his career, where usually that's not the case for a lot of these players. Yeah, very true. Very true. We did have a huge topic today. We will wait though. I'm going to make you guys wait and listen to the whole show before we get into that one, but we'll move on. Speaking of Miami, 
Did you hear this one, man? Xavier Howard. He is he is on the market right now, and apparently his agent is shopping him, trying to get a trade going. I couldn't believe this. You're talking about last mm. year's last year's interception uh, league leader with ten interceptions, and I was wondering why the hell is he so upset right now? He just signed that four year, seventy two million dollar deal. What two years ago? Two off seasons ago, and and I mean that's big dollars, man. They're paying you like a top dog. But it's because of Byron Jones, his teammate. His teammate is making more money than he is. He only had two interceptions to Howard's 10 last year. And Howard's like, yo, I need to be being paid uh, Jalen Ramsey dough. So pony it up or get me out of here. This is kind of how it's going. Which kind of sucks because when you look at Miami and what they do is they made that big splash for Minka Fitzpatrick last year. Mm. And, you know, they they gave up a, a good amount to get him. But this defense was starting to come together. And with Xavier Howard, that was one of their key pieces in that secondary to really help solidify this defense. And I, from what I've been reading, um, there have been a few teams that are in the market for Howard. Of course, there should be more because he's one of the better cornerbacks in the league. Um, but apparently the Saints are one of the front runners to having the most assets that they can offer Miami in a trade going back. So, I mean, if, if I'm Miami, I don't trade him. You know, like work it out, try to make it happen because you're a team that could be on the up and up. But if you lose Howard, then you definitely take a step back, especially in that secondary. You know what this is reminiscent of? And I agree with you. You know what it's reminiscent of is the Clinton Portis uh, Champ Bailey. Mm. So Champ was yeah. like, Champ was at the height of his career, man. And, you know, the Denver Broncos and the Washington at that time uh, used their uh, former name, the football team now, but they uh, um, they traded Champ for Clinton Portis straight up. And I mean, that was a blockbuster at that time because Portis only had, what, two years under his belt. And he was showing that he was looking like being one of these uh, wreckers in the NFL, the speedsters. And that deal completely flopped after, I think, for Washington, in my opinion. I think Denver got the clear cut, got champ, and, and he became the Hall of Famer. Clinton Portis, yeah, he had some good seasons, but it never really panned out the way they wanted. So, I mean, I'm with you. If you're trading a high-caliber defensive back like Xavier Howard, especially in a league now mm-hmm. that is overly passing, I mean, you better get a boatload in return to win this deal. Yeah, I remember when that trade went down because I had a Champ Bailey uh well, back then, Washington Redskin jersey. Mm. It was like his first or second year in the league. And when that trade went down, you know, Clinton Porter was coming off of like back-to-back thousand-plus yard uh, rushing seasons with with Denver. He was having playing absolutely phenomenal coming out of Miami. And Champ Bailey now is going to go down as one of the greatest cornerbacks to ever play the game, and had one of a phenomenal and long, long career in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, I think that if a trade happens. Um, I mean, who knows? Because Marshawn Lattimore's, you know, facing a potential uh, suspension with New Orleans. So that's an option that, you know, maybe that the Dolphins are looking at or the Saints are looking at to try to get another cornerback. Um, but yeah, if I'm if I'm Miami, I am I am sitting tight there. I'm not I'm not moving them. So in, in respect in that sense, I mean, sticking with this one real quick, I mean, where do you see Howard today as his rank? I mean, obviously, Jalen's probably number one. But for me, he still is like top three, five. Like he's in there, man. He's one of the best in this league and he does not get the respect he deserves. I'm a huge fan. I agree. I was, I, I don't know if I'd put him a top three, but definitely top five. I think he's like that four or five mark for me. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I don't have the list in front of me. Otherwise I'd break down the names, but I mean, he's wanting a hundred million bucks, man. That's Jalen Ramsey dough right there. So I wonder if they're going to uh, pony it up and give him the extension. But I mean, this is just the start, man. Training camp and off season drama, baby. This is where we go. 
Ah, Chris, I think we got to touch on this one. It's it's uh, another negative. I, uh, it was in the news last week, and I mean, uh, okay, Mr. Richard Sherman. Uh, I mean, oh boy, okay, here yep. we go. Are you, are you prepared for this one? Because I mean, we got to talk about it. It's NFL news. Oh, I'm ready. He, he's, I'm ready. He's a, he's a former All Star. We got to talk about it. So Richard Sherman, he's what 36 years old now. He was booked on felony charges uh, in a very strange situation where apparently he crashed his car. They they charge him with DUI, and then he attempted to break into his in laws' uh, property, and and they they charged him with like five counts of stuff like uh, felony burglary and all this garbage. I don't have everything in front of me for what it was, but I mean, his wife was the one that called nine one one. You you dropped the nine one one clip in in the in the DM chat with us. And I was like, holy, yep. what the hell is going on here, Chris? Yeah. So uh, one of the first things that his wife says is my husband is intoxicated and he's talking about killing himself. And so right there, it's like, I mean, immediate red flag, you know, mm. something is not okay with Richard Sherman. Um, and as I'm listening to the call, the other thing that I'm thinking about is how poorly, I mean, and I, I, I don't know dispatchers and operators and how they're trained, but I'm thinking to myself, this was the most like unsympathetic uh, operator dispatcher that I've ever heard. And I talked to some friends who are actually in, uh, you know, work, work as EMTs and, uh, and, and work with law enforcement. And they were like, that individual needs to be fired absolutely immediately. Mm -hmm. Because instead of taking more information, he gets the operator gets more upset with Richard Sherman's wife saying, you need to stop interrupting me, blah, 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 blah. And thinking to myself, well, you know, let her talk so that she can give you the information that you need. And as she keeps going on and on in the, in, in the, uh, in, in the interview, or sorry, in the, in the recording for the call, I'm feeling like more and more bad for Richard Sherman. I'm thinking this is the gentleman who needs help. Like he needs to just step away from football and he needs to focus on himself because when the first thing out of your wife's mouth is he talking about killing himself like that mm -hmm. right there, that's, I mean, that, that's a huge red flag. Um, and I don't know if Richard Sherman has a history of alcohol abuse. I don't know if maybe this was just a kind of a one-off or, or what the case could be, but it sounds like a situation where Sherman should probably just hang it up, walk away from the game and, and focus on himself. Yeah, man, it was such a tough one because I mean, okay. You know, I've been up and down on Richard Sherman personally. I'm like, excuse me, one time, you know, I like the guy and then, you know, I don't like him. And then I like him again. Mm -hmm. It's just because of how he presents himself sometimes. I mean, he's a very educated man. I mean, nobody can say anything about that. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's, he's his own agent, et cetera. But I mean, when it comes down to this situation, I mean, none of us are, ex are exempt to having a horrible occurrence happen if we don't have it under control. And I think that's kind of what happened here. I think that it was just, everything was bubbling over to the top. I think he understands now. And it was, I, I can't remember. I think it was uh, Acho, Sam Acho uh, that said, you know, if you don't, uh, he says, as a former football player, if you don't have something that you can do or relate to yourself without football, he says, then that's a problem because a lot of these guys make football their life. And when it's over, they have a very hard time dealing with it. And that's kind of where mm -hmm. my first thought went to is because he's a free agent. He's aging. His skills are diminishing and he's seeing lack of interest come for contracts. Right. So all of a sudden, the first thing that came to my mind is this is kind of where that struggle uh, stems from is, is, is that he's having a hard time breaking the difference of saying, what am I going to do post football? And, and I mean, maybe I'm wrong. This is just me speculating, but you know, when he came out and he even said, 
in his statement, you know, I, I, I wasn't mentally there. And he says, emotionally, I'm not there. And I'm really going to seek the help. And I appreciate everyone that's helped me. So obviously, he's mm. owning his mistake, which I really, uh, I value individuals like that. Because to me, if you make a mistake, shit, it happens, man, we're all human beings. But owning it is where I think the character is built. And that's where I gained some respect for Sherman in that in that regard. But I mean, I, I don't know, you see it that way, too, you kind of see where he where he's kind of fallen off, and he's having a hard time? Or is this just like a one off, you know, super depression, and it just it just took over the man. No, I, I completely agree with you. You know, he's he's 33, 34 years old. You know, he hasn't been picked up by a team yet. And I think that I mean, I mean, I think he could absolutely go into broadcasting, you know, as mm. a as a color commentator or something in the media because of that, that that education that he has from Stanford, his colorful personality, like he's somebody that can, you know, relate to the game as well. He could you knows what he's talking about. With him, I think it very well could be like, okay, well, you know, I know I still can play or I still have something left in the tank, but nobody wants me right now. I almost kind of compare it to a Josh Gordon situation where sometimes players don't know when to just hang it up, when they need to focus on themselves and look at that next that next step or that next chapter in their lives where Josh Gordon keeps, you know, getting suspended, getting suspended, but yet keeps trying to get reinstated. And at what point do you just say, you know what? enough's enough. It's not going to work out. I need to figure out what the next step is in my life. Yeah. And see the difference is for someone like Gordon is that the NFL continues to enable him. They, they keep reinstating uh, yes. him. Right. And, and that's where my issue is with Gordon. It's, it's, you know, he continues to, you know, uh, quote unquote, okay, fine. It's marijuana. Who cares about weed now? But I mean, when you're talking about NFL rules, they still have it as a banned substance. So they're going to still punish you for, for testing positive. But, in, but in, in his case, the NFL keeps reinstating the man. He keeps breaking the rules. And then this is vicious cycle. But I mean, with Sherman, I don't know, man. I, the, the one thing that's really sad about this situation for me with Richard Sherman is that I hope this doesn't, uh, and it, it's looking like it might make him have played his last down in the NFL, which sucks because you hate seeing mm. guys end this way. Sherman was a baller, man. I mean, yeah, okay, fine. He never had the elite wheels, but he was a shutdown machine. What was the uh, highest interception uh, rate for quarterbacks since like what, 2012 or something stupid like that? And and for him to go out like this, it, it just sucks. I really hope he gets another chance uh richard sherman first ballot hall of famer or no great question very good question and uh it's i man that's a very i i, I want to say no but i mean i'd have to really dig in deep to see because i guarantee you lesser individuals at his position have made it in i was just gonna say without looking at his numbers or his his career accolades off the top of my head i'm gonna say yes i think i think he gets in first time around i can't hate it i mean he when you talk about legion of boom i mean that's going to stick in in our generation's memory for for, for yeah. till we die because he, was, he's got his he's got his ring you yeah. know he nope. he's got he's got records he's got stats i mean he was he was truly a difference maker but i wanted just to touch on that a bit because i mean it sucks it's a crappy situation and i mean it, you see nobody's uh exempt to these types of things man it can happen to all of us so Get your shit in check, everybody. It's okay to say you're not okay. We'll move on. The NCAA, Chris, man. You know, this is the funny thing. I shared this with you today with, uh, with all you guys. Alabama. So we talked about the NCAA a little bit when it came to this money and the players earning yep. money. And we, we've already discussed that. We won't get back into that. But this is this was funny. Nick Saban said about his quarterback, Bryce Young, man. He has almost said he has almost made seven figures in endorsement dollars already. And I was like, holy shit, man. So now here's what we were talking about before, right? Now you got college players earning big dollars 
Now this is kind of every time, excuse me, every time somebody earns a lot more, that's going to be mm-hmm. your new floor. That's your new standard. And, and then that's how it's going to be continuously moving forward. How does this, uh, what is the potential fallout? I mean, this is kind of where I'm going. Is there a fallout? Is this dangerous territory or is this something really good on the horizon? I know we talked about this. Uh, I believe it was on, it might've been on last week's show or a couple of shows ago and it could go either way. You know, it really could. And I think a lot of it has to do with the individual and their support system around them, whether it is their family or their, their coaches, whoever it may be around them that are, you know, kind of helping to, you know, grow and mature these young men because Bryce Young's 19 years old. Mm. And the fact that he's making almost seven figures at 19 years old, I mean, good. God, that's a lot of money for a young person that has never had that kind of money before to handle, you know? So who's, who is, who's, you know, taking care of this money? Is it, is it all him? Again, is it family? Is it, does he have an advisor? Like what's going on? And it could go, you know, one, a, a few different ways. It could go where he does. He starts putting money aside, um, you know, spends, spends money here and there to help out his family, whatever the case may be, you know, treats himself a bit as he should. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe instead of going for the dollar menu at, at McDonald's, he gets that full number four double quarter pounder with cheese with the large fry and the large shake with That's double cheese. Do. Yeah, man, with double cheese, double cheese. Or, you know, does he blow his entire wad in one shot, you know, and just completely just tank? You know, I, I don't really know because I think it, it really does depend on the individual and him, themselves. So I think it's going to be a, a case by case basis when, with this stuff, but seven figures or close to seven figures for a 19 year old kid. That's, I mean, with, you know, as, as, uh, as uncle Ben from Spider-Man said with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, Oh, he's dropping some uncle Ben in here, man. Okay. You know, here's the thing, man. I, and I mean, I, I'm not against this whatsoever. Good for the man. Good for Bryce young. I mean, you know what, uh, you, you, you're earning it based on your potential. This is why they're endorsing you. The thing is, is, uh, the fame is what is what is going to cripple these guys. Okay. I, I, we see mm. how many YouTubers, man, YouTubers don't necessarily have the, the uh, uh, societal fame. This guy has societal fame. He's going to walk down the streets of Alabama and everybody's going to know who he is. And, and now he's, he's wealthy and now he's got money to spend, man. Those, those dogs are going to come out of the woodwork and they're going to be, you know, trying to bite off every bone they can chew. And, and man, those seven figures might go down to nothing if he isn't smart. So it is about support system. Again, we don't know anything about their personal life. I'm just talking about how it is when you see a young man still in school, who is an athlete, who is, who was on the rise. And I mean, seven figures, holy moly, man. And we haven't even had this NIL for what two months now if if that yeah and i i remember reading an espn the magazine story on tyron smith um the 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 great left tackle for the dallas cowboys this was years ago and he was telling about you know what happened when he signed his rookie contract with the dallas cowboys that he had family coming out of the woodwork family that he had never talked to before didn't even know that they existed Mm. asking him for money he literally had to cut off his own mother because she kept just like saying, Hey, I need this. I need this. I need this. And you know, he kept would tell her like, listen, I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry. But like, just, you can't keep asking for all this crazy amounts of money. And that I completely agree with you. I think that's what we could be seeing with these young kids in college is friends and family. Like, Oh, Hey, let me hold a little something, you know, Hey, you got this bag. Let me, let me, let me have something. Mm-hmm. And 
it's like you said, that money could go away very, very quickly. And a lot of it may not even be spent on himself. And that's, and that's the troubling, troubling uh, situation that I see for these young men, because, okay, well, were they going to say no? I mean, that's, that's something you got to learn. I think, especially as you start coming up, man, you, the fame has got you, you know, friends are going to want everything. You have your entourage, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is a very interesting situation. And I think the floor is just being uh, met right now. And I think seven figures is a pretty damn big floor for college athletes, uh, especially, you know, 18, 19 years old. I think that is crazy, but I mean, like I said, good for Brace Young. And I just want to throw in there, if if that's what if that's what Bryce Young is getting, imagine what kind of money that Spencer Rattler, you know, is going to be getting or Sam Howell is going to be getting like that's just insane. The numbers that they're probably going to see. And see, that's the thing. Here we go again now. See, and we go back to that argument I was talking about of recruiting these players to these certain schools. Mm. Okay, now if you're a you're a five star quarterback, and all of a sudden you got offers from LSU, you got them from Bama, you got them from wherever else that are high high octane units. Where do you think you're going to yep. go? Because you just saw Bryce Young earn uh, seven figures in his first time, you know, setting uh, his foot on the field. I mean, see what I'm saying? Now this alters the whole well, playing yeah. field, right? And now you're going to see backup punters from Southern Mississippi Valley Technical Culinary School wanting a whole bunch of money just to go there. <laughs> By the way, that is that is a real school. It's a real position. I tried out like years ago. Did, did you study it, there? Still... Did you study there? No, I mean... You have to study there, just walk onto the field and kick a football. Like security may escort you off of the premises, but whatever. Well, you are a big rem, man. You're you're capable of anything. So I mean, this is this is what we do. You have a couple too many and you're yeah. you're punting footballs, you know, on the on the 50 yard line. I don't know what the hell you do with and, your free time. And it also doesn't it doesn't hurt that I'm like half the size of an actual punter. So you know, they're like, Oh, this could, could probably could have worked out. Yeah. <laughs> You got Oompa Loompa out here kicking kicking punts, man. Melvin Ingram, man, he signs a one-year deal. He's been on the market a little bit longer than I had anticipated, but he signs a one-year deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe it was either yesterday or today. And, and this is the mm-hmm. replacement for Bud Dupree. So, I mean, it's... It's, 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 it's okay. I, I'm stumbling for words because I like Melvin, uh, Melvin Ingram. I think he has a lot of ability. The injuries have hampered him in the past, but I mean, losing a guy like Bud Dupree, I mean, that's not easy pickings to, to solve. Right. So, I mean, bringing in Ingram definitely, you know, puts a stopgap in that situation, gives you back a, a player to play beside TJ Watt opposite side of TJ Watt, I should say. But I mean, this defense still to me now, I mean, I, I had worries about their pass rush without uh, Dupree, bringing in Ingram, barring any health issues. I mean, this defense to me still has to be top five now with this signing. Yeah, I, I, I certainly agree. You know, I, I don't think uh, I think with the Melvin Ingram signing, it's it's it definitely helps. Um, I mean, they still have Cam Hayward. They have to it, you know, TJ Watt, obviously Devin Bush. So they still have a really solid front seven. Um, I just don't think that, you know, Melvin Ingram is not a lateral move, um, you know, from, uh, from from losing them. But I will say that I do think that it's still a very tough defense. Um, again, it's going to be for me with their secondary, with Joe Hayden getting up there in age, Minka Fitzpatrick is still one of the top, top safeties in the league. Mm-hmm. I do think that's going to be kind of a little bit of like their, I don't want to say weakness, but definitely one of their opportunities is going to be in the secondary because I think that's where they might be able to, other opposing teams might be able to take advantage of them a little bit there. Yeah, and I mean, this is why I was fearful because if you can't rush the passer like you did in the past, I mean, this could expose your secondary. And I mean, they, mm-hmm. they still played very well. Fitzpatrick is a baller, like you mentioned. But I mean, I just want to highlight that real quick because I, I don't I don't hate this move. I think it's actually a very good move. It's a strong football move. And when it comes to when it comes to the Steelers, 
we can never argue and sit here and tell you that they don't know how to build a defense. They don't know how to draft wide receivers. This is their standard, man. They understand this probably better than any other team in the NFL. And, and, and I, with Ingram, I mean, maybe he just needed a change of scenery. I mean, maybe playing in LA all those years, San Diego, all those years, it just, it, it, it wore thin. Like maybe that's part of the problem too. And, and getting a change of scenery might revamp his career as well. I think it could be. I mean, we've seen it in, from time and time again, how, you know, players, all they need is that, that, that fresh start because with Ingram, he doesn't have a lot left in him, to be honest mm. with you, because the guy's early thirties, he's like 33 years old right now. So, I mean, maybe this is, you know, his, his swan song. Like maybe he just wants to go to a team where he's a, you know, a, a solid defense that has a chance to do something in the AFC, especially with all the weapons that they have on offense. You know, maybe he's like, all right, well, this is, this could be my chance to, to you know, to try to make a, a, a fight for a Super Bowl ring. He's going to be like Dwight Freeney, man. He's going to just, you know, rush pass rushing specialist and nothing more, right? In the twilight. This one I found very interesting, Chris, man. I, and I, we've talked about this many, many times on this show. And it's Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. However, I'm bringing yep. this one up because this is very intriguing to me because this is, I, I mean, you guys have known my, my stance on Jalen Hurts. I don't dislike his skills. I'm just, I'm at the point right now where it's a wait and see. I'm, I'm sitting here saying, I'm not throwing all my eggs in one basket saying, you know, like everyone else, especially in fantasy football, everyone's like, you know, Jalen Hurts uh, rushing upside. And I understand that was your argument too. And, and I get it. We need the rushing upside from quarterbacks, mm -hmm. but it was the throwing aptitude. It was, it was, can he get it done through the air consistently? Is he going to be this force? I mean, he's only played what five, six games in the league. So why do I bring this up is because now the rumor has it that the Philadelphia Eagles are the best and they're positioning themselves to get Deshaun Watson if, if this saga of, of legal issues ends and, and, and resolves to some degree. And, and this is the thing. If you are the coaching staff, you are the general manager, you are the ownership group in Philadelphia right now, and you got rid of Carson Wentz because you drafted Jalen Hurts, but now all of a sudden you see Deshaun Watson sitting there and you're publicly already saying – Hey, this, this guy looks pretty good over here. Maybe we're going to, you know, ditch this guy that we just met and move on. I mean, if you have a chance to get to Sean Watson, you know, and all the legal issues are, you know, are, are cleared up, then yeah, you take Deshaun Watson over Jalen Hurts. That's, that's a no brainer because Deshaun Watson is a top three, top four talent, at quarterback in the NFL. Okay. He's 25 years old, 24 years old. So he's not even, he hasn't even hit the prime of his career yet. Mm. So, so again, if, if the Eagles are the team, I don't hate it. Um, I love it for fantasy. Um, but if I'm an Eagles fan, you're still like, well, we still have a really crappy defense. So that's going to be an issue there, <laughs> but you have, sorry, you have jail. You have, J you have Rager. All right. No, no apologies needed. Speak on it, man. Um, for whatever reason, they still have Zach Ertz, who they have yet to trade. Dallas Goddard should be their starting, you know, their starting tight end. You got Miles, Miles Sanders. You have an, an offensive line that is very solid when healthy. That's been an issue. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, for an offensive purposes, I think it's, it'd be a great move for, for Deshaun Watson. Um, as far as like wanting to win a Super Bowl and wanting to maybe win a division. Yeah. Probably not the best move because the Eagles are not winning the NFC East, even with him under center. Oh, you don't think so, huh? No, I, I, think, I, think I think that I think it's a possibility. It's a massive upgrade, man. I, I completely agree. Um, I don't think they beat Dallas as bad as Dallas's defense is. Mm. I think Dallas beats the Eagles.
This is very even the Giants. If 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 Danny Pennies can get it together this year in 2021, Danny the Giants Pennies. beat the Eagles. <laughs> Danny Pennies, yeah. this poor bastard, man. <laughs> you just don't stop cutting this man up, man. Danny Pennies. I don't. Oh, no, man. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a little bit of a hot take here. If the Eagles get Deshaun Watson, they still finish third in the NFC East. Whoa. Maybe 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 even last because I love me some Washington football team with Ryan Fitzmagic at quarterback. Oh, baby. See, this is why you got to tune in a straight chop, man, because they're just throwing the fire, man. Philadelphia is going to have. So, Deshaun, to- don't go to Philly if you want to win. Just okay. don't do it. There, there you go, man. The memo has been sent out, and, and that's how it is. You know what it is for me is what does this do to Jalen Hurts, man? It, all this all this rumor, if any of, the, any of this is true, and if he's in the building and he gets wind of this, that it is truth. Because, I mean, right now we're just talking about it because it's media spew, right? So, I mean, we, we right. it's intriguing, and it's, it's good for conversation. But I'm sitting here saying, what if 100% this is truth and Jalen Hurts is walking through this this building and and he sees his GM Roseman walking down the hall and he's like, you mother. And what does this do to his confidence? (laughs) Right? Like, seriously, he's a young man. This is kind of what happened to Carson Wentz, too. You kind of blew up his confidence, even though the injuries also added to that. But it was the it was the lack of faith in the man, which kind of drove that relationship sideways when it came to Carson Wentz. And you're doing this uh, potentially with Jalen Hurts before this relationship even gets started, man. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, it's going to it's going to hurt the confidence because Hurts thought that he was going to be the guy once he took over for Wentz. Um, and so say this, say this actually transpires. Watson gets traded to to Philly. Philly, you know, has a expendable quarterback now that they can they can move. If I'm Pittsburgh, I'm calling up the Eagles Ooh. and saying, what do you want for Jalen Hurts? Ooh, look at you maneuvering. God, I love this offseason so much. My pants are wet. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to say. This is just glorious. Look at that, man. You could you could put Jalen on so many Denver Broncos. You can get Jalen Hurts on the Denver Broncos. If, and I, if, I would say and if, I would like if, 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 if the Broncos don't go for, for Aaron Rodgers, if they don't try to make that happen, absolutely. See, man, we're we're virtual GMs, but we should be GMs. See, you know, I, I don't even know who to call, man. New Orleans, I was New gonna, Orleans is another option. Exactly. I was gonna name drop somebody, and I don't even know who to call, man. You know, just get me a damn GM job, and I'll win you a Super Bowl. This is how we roll. I think we're drinking too much today. That's the problem. The Buffalo Bills. By too much, you mean not (laughs) not enough. (laughs) My Buffalo Bills. They're in the news for obvious reasons, Mr. Cole Beasley. I just want to talk about this a little bit because it is controversial. It is very interesting. And I mean, whatever. We like to talk about things and I like to talk about. I like Cole Beasley. And, and you know what, when it comes to his stance, okay, this is all about the vaccine talk. I saw him today. He said, mm-hmm. if, if you want me to, you know, promote Pfizer vaccines, then you better be giving me some kind of money uh, going into my wife's bank account as some kind of endorsement because, and I started laughing. He's, he's obviously being facetious, but then Mark Cuban comes back and tweeted at him and said, Hey man, if you're going to do that, he's like, I'll set you up some stocks with Pfizer and you guys, you guys can make some money. I was like, Oh man, that is hilarious to me. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I will buy you. I will buy your wife shares of, of Pfizer stock so that you can not only promote the the vaccine, but also your wife can get paid while doing so. I thought that was a brilliant move by Mark Cuban because he pretty much called out Cole Beasley. He was like, listen, either put up, put up or shut up, man. Like if you're, if you're going to be about it, you better be about it or else just enough with the tweets. See, man. And that's, that's the funniest part about this because 
it's it's about how much of a hypocrite are you? And and this is where people don't understand. If you're okay being a hypocrite, I'm not okay being your friend, man. Like you got to be standing up to what you're talking right. about, right? And 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 I love that Cuban called him out, even though you know what I respect uh, Beasley's opinions. I don't know why people are so on the guy. It's like if if everyone was against vaccines and Beasley was for it, everyone would be on him for not being uh, against it. So just leave the guy alone for his own opinions. Like that's a, we we live in a world now where it's like your opinion doesn't jive with mine you're the enemy like what the hell is that shit like everyone chill the hell out and and relax it's his life but when it came to mark cuban's comment i freaking loved it because now like you said he's calling him out and saying hey man okay let's see let's see where that mouth is gonna cash this check man is it gonna happen or is it not and the one thing with cuban is it i mean it must be nice to have that much money because you literally can just try to call people's bluffs because he's done it in the past where you know he'll reach out to somebody like hey like if you really feel that way I'll, I'll, I'll back you. Like I, I will financially back you on this. And then they're like, Whoa, I didn't expect that. So yeah, my views yeah. have changed. <laughs> and then you're hypocrite. Number one, whatever. <laughs> I think it's funny. Does he retire? This is one question I have. Does he retire or does he get released? Because actually I did see a bills beat writer. He actually said that do not rule out the point that Cole Beasley could be cut after training camp. And I think that's a little bit way too far fetched, hmm. man. I, I don't know if that's even plausible. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he gets cut because I, I, and also you're going to cut him over, over that. I don't, I don't think so, to be honest with you. I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. Like I'm all for getting, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm personally vaccinated. I think that, you know, that's, sure. that's my own personal opinion to sure. that. I think that that's okay. Um, yeah. To, to, to cut him or to trade him. Um, no, he's your second best receiver on the team. You know, like he's your second most productive receiver. Um, I'm looking at his contract right now and they could do it. Um, I mean, they would be dealing with a three and a half million dollar dead cap hit over the next two years. So saving financially, five, yeah, saving 5.2. Yeah, man. Yeah. So financially, yeah, they can make it happen, um, without getting hurt at all. Um, but he is 32 years old, you know? So if, if he decides that, listen, you know, if it's either, you know, their way or the highway or vice versa, I could see him retiring before he gets cut or traded yeah that's kind of where i'm going i could see him we're just walking away yeah i i think if he just finally says enough is enough i'm just gonna go live my life i think that's kind of where it's gonna be i i mean okay the bills signed emmanuel sanders and they still have gabe davis and they have a a slew of youngsters that are coming up as well but i mean uh cole man he was he was the west welker in this in this bills offense man i mean it's very tough to to change over that quickly so i i really do wonder uh how this is going to play out because Maybe he's just puffing out his chest, man. He wants to be the big guy because, I mean, he's a little guy and he's trying to, you know, make noise. Maybe that's part of it, too. He's, he's got the he's got the little man syndrome. You know, hey, I, I, Paul, I feel you, man. I know what it's like to be the little Me guy. Me too, man. I'm not a giant. I, you know, I, I don't know if we can call it a syndrome. I'm, I'm confident. You know, I'll, I'll take you out in the bike racks right now, man. Let's go. Me and you right now. What? I don't have a bike. <laughs> Whatever. I don't even know if I remember how to, I don't even know if I remember how to ride a bike anymore. Let's be yeah, honest. It's you, been a while. It's because you drink too much. I'd drink. fall. I'd fall down. You probably would fall down. And it's not even because you can't ride a bike is because you just drink too much. Let's dive into the big story of the day, Chris. This is breaking news, man. This is Tuesday. This pod will drop likely on Thursday on iTunes and Spotify and your favorite podcatchers. However, we do have massive news to discuss, and this has to do with Mr. Cam Akers. Man, oh, man, I woke up this morning 
you started seeing my phone just blowing up and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I see Mr. Cam Akers tears his Achilles, man. And uh, I mean, this is a season ending injury, obviously. And I mean, right away, my thought process went uh, to who's taking over. But first, let's start yeah. with how does this affect Cam Akers' future? Because I think uh, Ethan, our doc, he, he put it out there on a good tweet saying, you know, typically this doesn't help or doesn't happen to running backs is the Achilles. And typically they don't return to similar form because it's such a, a drastic injury, especially for a player who who's running and cutting and, and, you know, juking as much as they are. I mean, what do you think, man? Do you think he, I mean, he's a young guy. I mean, so you got to think healing's on his side, right? But what do you think, man? Is this, is this going to inhibit him in the future? You thinking? I, I think it absolutely will. Um, you know, and, and once the new ha- news happened, I was, you know, adjusting my dynasty ranks. Um, and he went from being a top 10 dynasty running back for me to barely, um, like fitting into my, my top 30 right now. Ooh. Um, I, and I, and maybe I was a little bit too aggressive with dropping him down, but with that being said, you know, he's, he's 21 years old. So that he does have, you know, time to come back from this injury. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not Ethan. So I don't know the medical, uh, you know, aspects of this, like he does. So I don't know what kind of recovery this is going to take. I don't know what kind of player he's going to be once he does return. I do know that he has a backup right now. Who's also just 23 years old who's going to be taking, you know, a similar workload to what he had this past season. Not, I'm not saying he's going to have Daryl Henderson is going to have the camp makers type of, of role, but someone's going to have to take all those carries. Yeah. And I mean, I'm with you. I, you know what it is. I think, it's it's not just you know soft tissue injuries this is this is everything that it matters to the man it's like a basketball player you know breaking his ankle like that that is the type of situation you're talking about here it's not a you know a broken finger or some this is this is what right. he relies upon this is his birthright this is his bread and butter like this is what he needs to be successful and i mean okay even acl would have been better at this point because you would have said you know okay 9 to 12 months and you're back on the field and you can do what you need to do but an Achilles, man, for a running back, this is so fearful. Even though technology, okay, is fine. They'd probably grow you two strong new ones to replace your one. But, I mean, uh, this this one has a, a lot of concern for me. But, I mean, diving into Daryl Henderson because we know he is going to be the RB1 in this offense now. Right. Unless they bring someone else, which I doubt they will. They've already been on, on record today, but that's today. I mean, it, they're, the, the Rams aren't a knee-jerk reaction type of club, man. So, you know they're going to play to the media and say, yeah, we're comfortable with who we have in our room right now. And I mean, we, we had this conversation before we hit the record button, because I mean, uh, for me, Daryl Henderson at the beginning of the season last year, when acres was hurt previously, you saw Henderson's game and he was giving you the in, uh, full PPR. It was like 13 and a half, 14.6, 16s. Like he was very consistent until acres came back. And then all that went away just because volume went away. So I'm, I'm thinking that, right. you know, especially with Matthew Stafford, I think he could be a very big difference maker in this offense, man. Yeah, so to, to break down the stats for you, in the five games that Henderson played last year where Akers was not in the lineup, Henderson averaged 10 PPR points per game. He The, the passing game was was not really his, his biggest strength, but as a runner, he saw a 50, sorry, a 100% increase in rushing attempts from 7 to 14. The rushing touchdowns were just about the same, but he saw a huge increase in the rushing yards. With Cam Akers in the lineup, Henderson averaged 27 rushing yards per game. Without him in the lineup, 
he averaged 70 mm. rushing yards per game. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, to the folks over at RotoViz. They have a game splits app that I use for um, for all these comparisons. It's a great, great tool. Um, and so that's what I use for this. But 70 rushing yards per game without acres in the lineup. I mean, that right there with, you know, a touchdown here and there, that puts him in the RB2, you know, probably top 15 category right there in fantasy. It's it's justifiable. I mean, especially with how this offense is, is constructed. You have an upgrade, yep. in my opinion, at quarterback with Matthew Stafford. You still have the wide receiver room you have. So the everything that Cam Akers was going to see now it's going to be defaulted to Henderson. Okay. So now the debate yep. goes, who's more talented. And, and this is, this is where the debate has to go because it, every other dynamic stays the same. And obviously for me, acres is the, is the greater talent, but I mean, that doesn't discount the fact that Henderson isn't a very sound running back who has speed, who is actually stronger than people think he does have reception upside because his hands aren't horrible. I don't know, man. I mm-hmm, think that right. I think this season could be very, very good for him. Uh, okay, off of an injury, which sucks for someone else, but an injury is always somebody else's opportunity. And I mean, the only thing we were talking about also was his ADP value, Chris. And and you made the great point of saying where was he going uh, right now in the third? So right now, based off, so I I currently have Henderson ranked as my RB eighteen, RB nineteen right now in mm-hmm. redraft, and where the current, you know. ADP is for that, that type of a player is the early fourth round. Like we're talking like late third, early fourth right now for that type of a, of a rank for a running back. And for me personally, I'm probably not taking him in the third round as my RB two. I, I just, I haven't seen enough from Henderson to, to be confident that he's going to get that type of workload to, you know, bring back that kind of value. If he's there in the fourth round, then, then sure. You know, I might feel a bit better about that. Mm. Um, but it's again, it's it's all about where you can get that value from right now. And that ADP is just going to keep climbing and climbing as we get closer to August and early September because of the fact that, well, L.A. needs a running back and Henderson is going to be the main guy. Yeah. And I mean, for the third round, I mean, OK, so you're you're banking wholeheartedly on volume, obviously, which is, is likely going to be there, barring any other additions to this room or an injury. Um, but I mean, and in the, in the late third, I mean, you're talking, like you're saying RB two, I would prefer him to be my flex and then I could feel comfortable. But I mean, if you're talking RB two, then you got to have somebody like the top dogs, man. You got to have the Derrick Henry's, the Barkley's cooks. And, and that's the only time that I can see it justifying and justifiable for my roster for having uh, Henderson at that point, because you know, you're going to get the volume is key. But then again, will he break down? Is he reliable to give you what? 250 to 300 touches in a season. Yeah. And right now, just looking at the current ADP, I know it's, it's still, you know, middle, we're getting into the end of July right now, but where he's projected to being drafted, you know, in the next couple of weeks, you're going to be, you know, getting close to making decisions like, well, do I want Daryl Henderson or do I want guys like Chris Carson and David Montgomery? Like for me, it's not even a question. I'd much rather have Chris Carson or David Montgomery over Daryl Henderson right now. You know, what's funny. I could make an argument for the one over Chris Carson, but Montgomery, no, man, I'm taking Monty all day long. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So what if they add what here's the thing. So, I mean, like you said, training camp is just around the corner. We're what a week away from the start. The 27th, Mm -hmm. I believe is the first day of training camp. 
And now you still have options on the open market, Chris. You have Duke Johnson, who you brought up. You know, kudos to you. I yep. think that was a fantastic move. We'll get into that. But the list goes, man. Duke Johnson, Todd Gurley, Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, Deion Lewis, Chris Thompson. Those are your top running backs right now on the open market. And if you're talking Mm -hmm. about what it is that you require to have on this roster now. So Henderson is kind of this jack of all trades type of running back where you can utilize him in many different facets. But I mean, is he a bruiser? No. Is he overly elite with his hands? Probably not. So now you have a little bit of uh, everything on this open market. Adrian Peterson, he could be your bruiser. You know, Todd Gurley, okay, if the knees can hold up, I mean, he was still your, your, your bruiser, quote unquote. You know, Duke Johnson's your receiving back. Le'Veon Bell, receiving back. Deion Lewis, Chris Thompson, receiving back. So now it's what is it that you really want to make his uh, quote unquote split back or change of pace back be? You know what I'm saying? But Duke Johnson, mm-hmm. man, preach that one up because I, I love that one. I think it's going to be a match made in heaven if they decide to sign him. Yeah, I love I love the Duke Johnson um, idea there because Daryl Henderson, where he he can do a little bit of everything. You know, he has never really been known as being that satellite pass catching kind of a back. So you bring in someone like Duke Johnson, who that was that was his bread and butter, you know, in Cleveland and in Houston. That's what he was known for. Even though in Miami he showed he could be a three down back, he is somebody who really has been more of that that receiving specialist type of a guy, who could be a great change of pace kind of a style for uh, for the for the Rams. If they don't decide to go with Duke Johnson, I think Le'Veon Le'Veon Bell would be the next best fit. And if if the Rams sign either of those two guys. I'm not touching Henderson in the fourth round. I, I probably would wait for him to try to get to me in like the sixth round, because I do think at that point, his ADP would start to drop if they were to sign one of those bigger name guys to help kind of deflect, you know, a lot of that hype that Henderson would be getting. So you feel the same with Duke and Bell that his ADP would hover lower at the same level or is one bigger than the other? Um, I think name recognition, you know, that name brand recognition with Le'Veon Bell would probably drop his ADP a little bit lower than it would for somebody like Duke Johnson. Mm. Um, but I both right now where, you know, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, heck since he, since he left Pittsburgh, he hasn't really done a whole lot. So I think he still has a lot in the tank. And I think that with an offense like the Rams, I think Bell could kind of be resurrected in a sense, as opposed to what we, what we didn't see in Kansas city. Man, oh man, if, if Bell could even like, I, I get goosebumps just thinking about that. If, if Le'Veon Bell goes and is even, I want to say like 65% of what he was in his heyday in Pittsburgh. I mean, that's juices dripping off the chin. Good man. Like that's how good that is. I mean, you put him, you put him with Stafford, you put him with, with woods and cup and Jefferson. And I mean, I mean, juices aren't just dripping off the chin. They're, they're dripping elsewhere, man. You just you pulled that together perfectly because I was like, he completely disregarded my joke. God damn it, man. Just, you know, laugh at what I'm saying, but well done, man. Well done. Do they trade? Here's the other aspect. And, and I mean, this rumor is going to start flying around even more. Do they trade, especially if they get another injury? I mean, what do you got in, in the in the uh, running back room in, in L.A. right now? It's not very much. So uh, do you trade? Right. And I mean, some names we, we've heard and I even threw it out there and you kind of, you know, stole my thunder right away. I'm like, how about we trade for Marlon Mack to the Rams? And, and Chris is like, isn't that just like Daryl Henderson? And I was like, fuck you, man. <laughs> like, you asshole. <laughs> But anyway, so my thing is Marlon Mack, Kareem Hunt, you know, James Robinson, even though the Browns are likely not trading Kareem Hunt. I mean, 
if the offer was there, I think that any team would listen. And those are kind of my top three that I see uh, potential trade uh, players that you could you could get but i mean the rams already traded away all their first round picks to like 2050 so i mean i don't know what they would have to give up to get one of these running backs but in my mind those three are kind of where i'm sitting yeah and the the reason why I, i don't see them making a trade is because of the fact that there are these other free agents available that they could kind of use as a a stopgap. The number one, see what they have in Daryl Henderson as a RB1. And number two, see where Cam Akers is when he does come back from this injury. Because yeah, you could go out, I think maybe trading, trying to trade for Kareem Hunt wouldn't be a bad idea, but you're going to have to give up quite a bit to get him because he is still 26 years old. He's only under contract for another couple of years with Cleveland. So if Cleveland decided to move on from him and trade him, they could do so. And they wouldn't have to worry about any sort of a cap hit, you know, or any, any sort of a dead cap hit for that. So Kareem Hunt would make sense, but again, you know, that would be for fantasy purposes. That would be, that'd be tough. Cause that would be a very crowded running back room when Cam Akers returns next year. Um, but yeah, I think they just pick somebody up off of, off of free agency right now, see what they have in Henderson and then see how Akers see how the rehab goes see how he comes back next season yeah see and i mean if they make a trade to me i think then they have intel and that's kind of where i see this if they're going the free agent absolutely right and i mean if 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 they if they go free agent then i think they're comfortable in saying you know what we believe that this is is uh rehabable if you want to say if that's a word but i mean um if they go the trade market this season then they they know they got the intel saying that this is worse than what it is and he may not return to the form that they expect him to be but i mean man oh man what a day what a day it was breaking news cam Akers lost for the season man final thoughts on this guy I think that going back to the trade real quick, I think it also depends if they make a trade, who they trade for. Mm. Because say, say they make a trade for, for Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack also suffered an Achilles injury this past season. Correct. So, you know, depending on who they trade for, that could also be telling. Because if it's a younger, you know, running back in his mid-20s or not late-20s because Kareem Hunt's still 26, then that's very telling. Like, okay, well, they're probably moving on from Acres. If they trade for somebody like a Marlon Mack or for somebody who has had injuries in the past, then again, that's probably just another filler to see what happens in the next year or two. Man, I forgot that Marlon Mack tore his Achilles too, man. That's that's why you were down in my Mack trade option. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna I was gonna down it regardless, but yeah, that works though. Man, you're such a <laughs> bastard. What a dick. But anyway, we got a new segment today, baby. We got a new segment, Chris, and and it's a good one. And it is, uh, it, it's, it's kind of, I, I want your answers. We need to understand because this segment is called okay. you staying in or are you pulling out? And this is, are how we, we talking do. about me or my couch? Oh, oh, oh man. You, you do with your couch, what you have to do, man. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. I'll be Safe, back. Safety, <laughs> safety first, man. Safety first, but hey, don't, you don't get your mind out of the gutter, man. This is staying in or pulling out for these players, man. Fantasy football wise, a little bit of a flip, a little bit of a change. I want to know your opinions. If you're staying in and uh, let's, let's go redraft because this makes it easier. This makes it funner. I mean, the crowd is coming back okay. now. Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Ryan, you staying in or are you pulling out for this year? You know what? I'm, I'm staying in. Yeah. He doesn't have Julio, but he has Kyle Pitts and and right now, he still has that that QB1 upside, that top 12 fantasy upside. And where he's going right now in the, the double-digit rounds, absolutely. I'm okay. If I want to go like late late quarterback, 
I'm okay with him being my starting quarterback in fantasy. Yeah, man, I don't hate it. I, there's a lot of hatred on Matt Ryan. The only thing that I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna drop on Matt Ryan is the first year in an offensive system. His numbers tend to fall. Outside of that, I mean, the offense is still right. very, very much loaded, and that defense is still not where it needs to be. So they're gonna be in shootouts all year. So I it's I a garbage. It's a garbage. And I mean, I'm staying in. I like very much. And and Matt Ryan, I'm staying in. Mr. Ben Roethlisberger with the bubble gum, you know, attached to his arm, staying in or pulling out. Uh uh-uh, uh, uh uh. I'm out. I'm like I was. I was out. Like, yeah, done. Yeah, I'm. I'm out too. Man. Like I. I have no words because I want absolutely nothing to do with that man. Yeah, man. his arm is gonna fall off by week five, and and there's no more bubble gum. The bubblicious to put it back together. I am out too. I mean, okay, filler wise for redraft. Really, I mean, if you waited really i mean you could get ben really late i mean there still is some value you would think yeah but i mean where where ben's going right now i would much rather have ryan fitzpatrick i'd rather i'd rather have Derek carr over over big ben and you can get them all around the same time fair enough i don't hate that he's gonna be likely ben is gonna be a waiver wire by week fill in this year uh barring any massive you know weekly four touchdown events but his teammate, Juju Smith-Schuster, are you staying in or pulling out? All right, so I'm, I'm going to say I'm, I'm staying in with Juju because I don't think that, you know, you're going to have to reach to get him. I think you're going to be able to get him, you know, where he should be valued, which is low-end wide receiver two or, you know, high-end wide receiver three numbers. I think he's still a top three, you know, fantasy fantasy producing wide receiver in the league. I mean, hell, the guy's still... 24 years old, I believe. So um, plenty in the tank. It's just going to be target share. You know, I mean, is our Claypool and Deontay Johnson still going to be getting the bulk, the bulk of the targets? You've got Najee Harris who's coming in now. You know, he's going to be getting some targets. So um, I, I'm staying in as long as you can get him around like, I don't know, like near the end of the seventh, early eighth round as you're like wide receiver three. Mm. I'm, I'm fine with it. Okay. Yeah. I can't hate it. You know, cause I'm looking at it from, if Juju's my flex, then I'm still okay with it. If, if, if I still, yeah, absolutely. You know, if I have my two running backs, I got my two wide outs, you know, maybe a third running back or potentially one of the top QBs and, and Juju sitting there. Yeah. I'll stay in if he's my flex, I don't hate that, but anything above that, I can't do it. I am too terrified of how they're going to move this offense more into running heavy and then kind of spelling, um, you know, alleviating so much passing from big Ben. So now it's going to have to be efficiency rates for these wide receivers. So yeah, from those perspectives, I'm staying in and I'm pulling out. Chris, can I give you, can I, can I, can can I ask you a quick question with Juju? Yeah. I want, I'm going to play just a quick game here with you of, of who would you rather? Okay. Okay, Let's do this because, because these, these guys are going around the same ADP right now, wide receiver and Juju, Robbie Anderson, Cortland Sutton. Would you take Juju over Robbie Anderson or Cortland Sutton? I might go Cortland. Uh, I'll take him over Robbie, but I'll, I might go Cortland over Juju this year. Yep. I I'm, I'm right there with you. That's why I wanted to double check just to make sure I wasn't going crazy. No, you're good, man. We're on the same wavelength as per usual. Mr. Chris Godwin, man, the no contract, no coming Mm. to terms, Chris Godwin with the Buccaneers. Are you staying in or pulling out? Hmm. Um, where he's currently going right now in redraft, I want to see that ADP drop a little bit. Um, fourth round's a little, a little bit high for me right now. I'm going to say I'm out on Godwin. Man, we're on the same wavelength today. I am pulling out 
because I cannot do it. I don't like it. I mean, typically for contract year yep. players, I'm always in. Um, but I mean, there's too many mouths to feed. This is Tom Brady's offense. He likes to distribute the ball. And I think we're going to mm-hmm. see very similar statistics like we did last year. I, I, I just don't see it going any higher. Tyler Lockett, are you staying in or pulling out? Oh, I'm all in. All in. Ooh. I think in the fifth round, in the fifth Ooh. round, I think he's an absolute steal. Give me Lockett. I did not expect you to be that emphatic. Look at him. He's like, I'm in. What the hell with all of you? I'm in. Wow. I, I almost like I almost like popped the blood vessel in my head. I yeah. I'm, I'm, it, was, it was getting dangerous. It was aneurysm style, man. Like you could see it, it was like, angry up there. Yeah, like, man, it, it's like the left it temple. Bubbling, man. Go put some ice on that shit later on, man. It doesn't look very good. I have a I know I have a cold drink. I'm gonna put that on it. Yeah, man. Tyler Lockett, you know what? As, as much as I like the guy, I'm actually going to say I'm pulling out. And, and the reason is, is I am, I, I don't like that he disappears and, and he cripples you in the worst possible times. And, and you yep. require him, like he'll have like the two massive games and you're like, yes, game three, we're going to do it again. And then it's like three, four, five, he's out. And then he comes back and you're like, now you have a problem every week. It's, and that's, that's what I don't like. I, I don't like the headache. I understand the skill set, love the skill set. I think Tyler Lockett is one of these underrated. I wrote articles about him last year saying that he is one of the underappreciated superstars in this league, and it's legit. I still stick behind that article, but I mean, when it comes to fantasy, I just, I want that safer appeal. So from that perspective, unless I get him lower, I'm pulling out. Devontae Parker, man, staying in or pulling out? Oh. I I would stay in except for all the weapons that they added in Miami in the offseason. Um and so for me, I'm I, I gotta be out. I think that if he's if he's still there in like the mid-teen rounds, like if he's there at like round 13, I probably would go after him. But if he's you know, if if someone if someone is thinking about taking him in like the, the ninth or the tenth round, then by all means they can have him. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with that. I think Depending on how this offense is going to move in Miami, I mean, you know, with a fuller suspension, I mean, Parker might be very good for the first four weeks, and then we'll see it taper off. So for those reasons, I am out as well. Let's finish off on running backs, man. Staying in or pulling out? It's getting a little dirty, but I should stop saying that. But hey, James <laughs> Robinson, man, you staying in or are you pulling out? Um, I'm out. I'm out. Uh, with the addition of, of ATN, I know they're saying that ETN is going to be more used as a receiving back, more of as a receiver. Um, but there, there are guys that are going right around the same area as him that I would much rather have instead. And I know Robinson had a phenomenal year last year. Don't get me wrong, but I do think the upgraded quarterback is going to, you know, kind of limit his, his touches. You do not draft a running back in the first round to make him your receiving back. And for all those reasons, and I love Travis Etienne. So for all those reasons, I'm out on this man as well. I I won't do it, even though his ADP at this point is still kind of like, okay, you can, you can, you can justify it, but it's still a little too high for me. Zeke Elliott, buddy, pulling out or staying in. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm staying in to the very end with Zeke Elliott. When, with Dak Prescott back, when Dak Prescott was healthy last year, Zeke Elliott was a top three fantasy running back before Dak went out. The offensive line is going to get healthier. They have the phenomenal receivers around so that, you know, obviously he's not going to see any kind of stacked boxes. Give me Zeke Elliott as a top. He's, he's going to get back to being a top four, top five fantasy running back this year. God, I love it when we're on the same page, man, because you know what? It's Zeke, man. He is 
when did all this hatred come just because of one bad season? Hey, all it was shit. literally because of one season, right. one season. And because he was missing, he was, the guy was missing his star quarterback. And of course with, you know, Andy Dalton, like nobody's going to be, no one's gonna be, you know, trying to, trying to worry about the receivers last year when Dak Prescott was healthy, Zeke was averaging 19 half PPR points per game. He was the RB four mm. through the first four and a half games of the season. So yeah, give me, give me all of that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, man. You guys can stuff it on your Zeke hate, man, because you know what you could tell you, man, you know, you know what a kind of, uh, uh, kind of make it like is, is the defenses like the Denver Broncos when they had that stellar defense and their quarterback just couldn't move the ball after Peyton left. And they're like the hell with this. I'm not playing anymore. We saw it with the Ravens. We've seen it with defenses yep. before. That's what Zeke did, man. He just, he, you know what? He took a timeout, man. That's all he did. He said, you know what? I understand where we're not going this year. I'm not going on through this punishment, man. And you go look at his physique right now. He's been in the weight room. He obviously seen Dak in his recovery. So for man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm all in on Zeke and his value to me, even in the first round, how he he's dropping in his ADP. I'm all in man. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, Tony Pollard, this Tony Pollard, that and it, I, don't get me wrong. I love Tony Pollard. Sure. I do. I think Tony Pollard has a specific role with this team, though, and it's not going to interfere with Ezekiel Elliott's fantasy production. Absolutely not, man. And if it would, it would have already, man. So stop with the Pollard stuff. I totally get it. I'm a Pollard supporter as well. Own him in Dynasty just as a handcuff, but that's all Absol- gonna- absolutely, absolutely in Dynasty. Yes, correct. Absolutely. You, you own him for the handcuff purposes. Outside of that, you know, stop with the nonsense. Joe Mixon, staying in or pulling out? I'm going to stay in, to be honest with you, because I, I think that he's still low-end RB1 uh, talent. I think where he's going in like the middle of the second round, yeah. I don't, do I want him as my RB1? No. If I went RB-RB, you know, in, in the first two rounds of my draft, I'm more than okay with him being my RB2. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, st- I'm staying in, and it could come back to bite me in the butt because I've been hanging on just hoping for, for, for this man to, to really pull through. And I mean, if it doesn't happen this year, you know, with the improvements on the offensive line, with the, the additions on offense, you know, Joe Burrow coming back, then I, I, I think if it doesn't happen this year for Mixon, it's not going to happen at all. Yeah, that's a great point. And because I, I, I put him to the same level of, of, of uh, skill as like a Le'Veon Bell. I, I think they're very similar mm-hmm. talents. Yep. You know, the patience, the vision, the, the hands, you know, the, even the lack of top end speed. I mean, they are very, very clone like and, and um, maybe Bell obviously would have been better because we've seen it, but it's only because we haven't seen it with Mixon yet. So Man, he is probably the biggest conundrum for me um, going into this offseason because I want to believe, I truly do, because I've been so supportive and I don't want to jump ship on a buddy that, you know, he needs my help, you know, and I'm going to be there for my friend. So I think he convinced me. I'm going to stay in as well this year on Joe Mixon, but he's got to be my RB too. I can't do any better than that. Sorry, Joe. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So the last one, should I, should I do it with a sensual voice? Because this is the final one, you know, and, or will that just get weird? Will that get weird? I feel like, no, I feel like you have to. Okay. It's it's like, it's like Apple and PC. You go big or go home. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Chris Carson, are you staying in or pulling out? Oh, I'm staying in. (laughs) I think we're having people tune out. They're like, guys, man, quit this shit. We just can't handle it. This is the one. And but only no, time I'm, I'm, this is the one and the only time this segment's going to happen. Man. <laughs> I'm absolutely 
staying in with Chris Carson. Uh, right now, he's my RB15 in redraft. He's going early to mid fourth round, and I think that's an absolute steal for him. Um, if you can get your RB2 in the fourth round, that opens up so many other possibilities to, to really kind of construct your roster. You know, whether or not you want to maybe go Travis Kelsey in the first round or take a Patrick Mahomes in the, or, or Josh Allen in the second or third round, it opens up a lot of different possibilities for your team. And Chris Carson is my RB2 in the fourth round. Absolutely. Injuries, do they concern you? Because I am terrified man i am i am mortified at the potential of me taking him again and taking a chance because when he's healthy no argument i think he's a fantastic mm -hmm. running back in the seattle offense and they're gonna do marvelous things but the injuries and and perhaps you know rashad penny he actually makes an appearance and, and starts to pull touches i mean any of this fearful in your mind yes and no because i mean yes last year he missed four games um before that though you know, his, his last two seasons in 2018, 2019, he played 14 and 15 games. So if he misses a game or two, yes, but that's what I expect from running backs because it's the most volatile position in football. Like they get hit more than any other position mm. in the league. So injuries are going to happen. They're going to get, they're going to miss a game or two here and there. As long as they're not missing more than two games, maybe three games, I'm still okay, especially at the value that you'd be getting him at in the fourth round. So I'm not, I'm not concerned about that at all. Okay, you sold me. I'm good. I, you know, I was just on the fence. I'm, I'm, I, I like his game. I was just on the fence. So, you know, basically on value, it's, you know what it is? It's, you got to have the plan, I think, when you're, when you have that in mind that you're going to go Chris Carson or the people around him at that ADP, because then that means you are going kind of, you know, one RB and then you're going wide receiver, wide receiver or QB, tight end, mm -hmm. wide receiver, whatever kind of way you're going, because that's how you said you're, you're like, you're constructing or constructing your roster. Cause I've done those mocks already where I'm getting guys lower as my RB one and RB two, but I'm completely stacked. Otherwise, I mean, it might pain uh, you in the, in the long run during the season, but I mean, as long as you have that one solid RB one, I mean, uh, getting your RB two to be guys like Chris Carson and, and lower, I'm, I'm okay with. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Okay. That is it, man. That is all I have today, man. We're, I don't know how that segment's going to go. man. <laughs> the people are going to be like, what the hell is wrong with you two, man? Or they're going to be like, hey, bring it back next week. <laughs> we don't know. Bring it back. Then we know we got a bunch of perverts out there, but whatever. I'm just playing. Or, or it could be Jake and Kyle be like, hey, guess what? We're going to uh, we're going to take over straight show going forward. Guys. You, you guys are done, man. You guys can't keep it together <laughs> and you guys are just making it X rated. We don't like it. But get your mind out the gutter. It was only football related. But that was fun, buddy. That was a great show, man. That was a lot of fun. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, to all the, the the listeners out there, you know, all the straight chub supporters, um, we try to keep things light. We try to make sure. things entertaining for the people because, well, we're we're here for you. We're here for you. This is what we do. We are here for you. But before we I'm get out of here, I, I, yep, nope. I was just gonna say, I, I don't know where I was going with that. I just, I think that the, uh, I, th I think the seltzers are starting to hit. I think so. That's why I'm trying to cut you off before you even talk anymore, Smack Man. <laughs> so before we get out of here, man, Jake has an important message for y'all. So listen up right now. Yeah, real quick, though, before we get out of here, I want to take a quick second here, Chris, and I want to make sure I shout out our, our partners here for the year at Fantrax.com. I mean, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, hands down, right now, offering the greatest fantasy experience 
for you, uh, for your dynasty keeper, redraft, best ball leagues, whatever it is you play, they have you covered. And we want to make sure we get you guys in a position to really come in and play with us this year. We're going to have some best ball challenges with some cash prizes coming up here in the coming weeks, but you can set up your account now and it's 100% free. So head over to fantrax.com slash headliners, sign up for that free account, and then stay tuned to our Twitters, to our YouTubes, the, the community tabs on YouTube, all over the place. We're going to be posting links for these upcoming best ball challenges. Totally looking forward to that, but make sure you head over there and sign up for that account right now, fantrax.com slash headliners. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Kennedy 318. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. And until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.